The Health Mastery Cafe is recorded live and produced by DMMD Studios in Chicago. What's inflammation got to do with it, you ask? Well, everything. And there's an expert from Vienna, Austria on the show today to tell us about inflammation and what we can do about it. Plus, he weighs in on the controversy of meat causing cancer. Next on the Health Mastery Cafe. Rethinking what's at stake. Rebranding health. This episode of the Health Mastery Cafe is brought to you by WebMD. Find out more at webmd.com forward slash heart health. From types of acne to rheumatoid arthritis to atherosclerosis of your heart arteries, inflammation is everywhere. It seems these days, though, that we're uncovering more and more conditions that either cause inflammation or are the results of inflammation. But believe it or not, inflammation is a physiologic process that we cannot live without. But why? What really is inflammation? When do the benefits of inflammation get overwhelmed by its bad consequences? But more importantly than that, how can we stop it from wreaking so much havoc on our bodies? Are there interesting and new ways that we can use? Well, we're talking today to an Austrian researcher, Dr. Atanas Atanasov, who's going to give us the keys. What's inflammation got to do with it? Today on the Health Mastery Cafe. us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at The Good Dr. Dave, and on Facebook at Dr. Dave, or visit DaveMontgomeryMD.com. We'd love to hear from you. Welcome back to the Health Mastery Cafe with Dr. Dave, sponsored by WebMD. Folks, it's Dr. Dave, your host. I am joined today by Dr. Atanas Atanasov, who is a research scientist and a principal investigator in the Department of Pharmacognosy, and he is faculty of life sciences at the University of Vienna in Austria. He is very, very well published. He has published over 50 peer-reviewed original articles and reviews in the fields of molecular medicine and cellular signaling. And most of all, he's looking into how things work. How can we improve things? He's looking into the mechanisms, particularly pharmacologic mechanisms, actions of different substances, natural substances, and how they relate and can fight inflammation and cardiometabolic diseases. And as we love here at the Health Mastery Cafe, he is also very, very actively engaged in the social media space where he is innovating ways to communicate his science to the world. Dr. Atanasov, welcome to the Health Mastery Cafe. Thanks a lot for inviting me, Dave. Absolutely. So we are looking forward to this conversation. And as we kind of talked about before, before we get into the nitty gritty and the science of inflammation and help everybody understand how important inflammation really is, I like to take our little cafe break and have a little fun. Would you have a little fun with us today? Absolutely. All right. So I want you to pick one of these. Okay. So we always ask people at the Health Mastery Cafe, would they pick coffee or tea? I would uh, pick coffee, actually. I really love coffee. Ah, and so... coffee. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. Uh, and uh, another uh, 
I'm going to look on it. It's also that a coffee is a very uh, beneficial uh, drink. So very recently there was an interesting uh, study published in a leading journal circulation which showed that coffee consumption is associated with prolongation of lifespan. Yes, I saw that recently. I actually posted something on Twitter. So coffee people, you know, take heart. You are doing your heart some good, as long as it is in moderation, of course. Okay, the second one is rock and roll or classical, Dr. Tanasoff? Classical music, uh, preferably more relaxing. Ah, yeah, so classical. He is a classical kind of guy. Here is a third one. I want you to pick between James Bond or Luke Skywalker. Another difficult choice. Let me think about, maybe I would pick uh, Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker, The Force Awakens is coming out soon, so we really, that's uh, that's a really good, uh, really good answer there. So this is fantastic, Dr. Atanasov. We are really um, interested in learning more about inflammation. What in the world? It seems like we can't live with it and we can't live without it. What What is inflammation? Tell us what it is in lay terms. Inflammation is actually something that we really need. Inflammation is a very beneficial physiological process. And its main role is actually to protect us from different infectious agents like microbes. Inflammation really becomes bad just when uh, it gets out of control, when the inflammatory reaction is uncontrolled or uh, very excessive. Just then it's when the inflammation becomes uh, harmful. Ah, so when it gets out of control, that's when we start getting you know, out of the realm of benefit into the realm of bad consequences, into the realm of risks. Definitely, yes. Can you tell me on a, on, a, on a cell level, what is happening with inflammation? Because it still seems like when you talk to people about it, that we don't understand really what's happening with our cells when we say inflammation. Uh, well, uh, what, uh, to explain it in simple words, there is some specialized cells that are part of the immune system and they become activated. Let's think about, for example, for autoimmune disease or allergies. In this case, the immune system becomes activated and it starts uh, attacking uh, some uh, constituents of the body, for example, due in the conditions of autoimmune disease. And then it's when the immune response becomes uh, harmful. Just some constituents that are uh, normal for some people in a certain point become uh, stimulatory for the specialized cells of the immune system. And this is a kind of uh, inflammation going out of control. Ah, I see. So, so the, the actual inflammatory uh, process is your own immune system trying to fight something, right? And trying to find something, this can be uh, some constituents from our own body, which, as I said, uh, uh, in the absence of such kind of disease, is an absolutely normal constituent. Or it can be also a constituent from the environment, then we can speak for allergies. 
Ah, God. Okay, so if there if there are things that are harmful to us, microbes, you call them microbes, but we're talking about bacteria, we're talking about viruses, we're talking about anything that can cause us infections, our immune system goes to those infections and tries to fight it. The process by which our immune system works is inflammation then. Yes, yes. That's it's very interesting. really the reaction of the body trying to eliminate uh, different harmful agents. Yeah. Uh, microbes, as I said. Well, what happens, for example, because, you know, when, when, when things get inflamed, they turn red, they get warm, they get swollen and can be painful. For example, if you're playing soccer and you twist your ankle, you get an inflammatory response. You get inflammation in the ankle. What's going on there? Because there's no microbe there. Uh, this is uh, related to the healing process, actually. So by the healing process, in particular, you mean w- w- what happens? So there's a tear in a little bit of a ligament or cartilage, and then the same immune cells respond to that? Our immune response is actually developed also when there is a tissue injury. And ah. then uh, the stimulation of the inflammatory process is just the beginning of the regeneration process. Uh, so this is very interesting, Dr. Tanasov is really getting, giving us some more information about what inflammation really is. It not only helps us fight infections, it is a part of a healing process in general. Now that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty neat stuff. I mean, our bodies seem like they're designed to heal themselves. Would you say that, Dr. Tanasov? Yes, definitely. Yeah. So, 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 from a sprain, you know, or a broken bone to fighting a, a virus or an allergy, some sort of allergen that comes into your body, you have this really um, strong military, if you will, of cells that are designed to fight that. Now, you also, you know, alluded to very uh, early in our conversation when the body is attacking, but there is nothing foreign or no necessary injury. And these seem like they have a name called autoimmune. Is that what you're saying? Are, they, are you, are you bi- fighting yourself in autoimmune diseases? Fight to autoimmune disease, uh, this is a condition where uh, the inflammatory response uh, develops uh, against some uh, normal constituent from the body. And if we speak for constituents that comes from the environment, then there is a development of uh, allergic reaction. Okay, so autoimmune is normal constituents of the body, ladies and gentlemen. If there's something from the environment that your immune system is responding to, we call it allergies. Really getting down to the biologic definitions of these. We're talking with Dr. Atanas Atanasov, who is from Austria, and he's on the phone with us. Right now, he's in Austria, and it is six hours ahead of us. So we're very, very early here on the east coast of the United States, and he's giving us some information. Dr. Tomasoff, when we come back from break, I would love to talk about your work a little bit more when we return on the Health Mastery Cafe. Don't go away. We'll be right back. 
I'm joined on the phone with Jeff Lavote, who is the SVP, the Senior Vice President of Concentric Health, and he's going to share with us some of the really neat things that they're doing to raise awareness about COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Jeff, welcome to the Health Mastery Cafe. Dr. Dave, thank you for having us. So I'm really excited about what you guys are doing um, to raise awareness about COPD. This is COPD Awareness Month. Tell us what fun things you guys have been doing to raise awareness. Sure. About two years ago, we started a campaign called Dare to Stare, where we challenge people to take the stairs for the month of November. We're asking people to take video, to take pictures, and post them to our website, www.daretostare.com, or they can post things on Twitter using hashtag dare to stare. And by doing so, this raises awareness of COPD and the symptoms that these patients face on a daily basis. So it's a great chance to raise awareness. It is a perfect way to raise awareness. Jeff Lavote from Concentric Health, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Dr. Dave. We're back on this episode of Health Mastery Cafe. We're talking about inflammation. This episode is brought to you by WebMD. Go to webmd.com forward slash heart health. And I think there are some really cool videos on there of Dr. Dave telling you about your heart health. You don't want to miss those. Go to webmd.com forward slash heart health. We are finishing our conversation here with Dr. Atanas Atanasov, who is a researcher and faculty member at the University of Vienna in Austria. And he's talking to us from Vienna right now on the phone. And we're getting into what in the world is inflammation and why is it so good and bad for us at times. So, Dr. Atanasov, you actually study substances that can fight inflammation. This is correct, Dave, yes. Tell us some of the, you know, anti-inflammatory substances that exist in nature that we may not really know are anti-inflammatory. This is a difficult uh, question uh, to say which uh, exactly compounds so we don't uh, clearly realize. But what I can tell you for sure is that there is a large number of compounds in general present in plants that have anti-inflammatory potential. And maybe this is one of the reasons why a plant-based diet is considered to be more healthy. That's interesting. Give us a little bit of the history of anti-inflammatory compounds. Uh, what is actually uh, very interesting and maybe something that uh, people also don't realize very well is that a uh, very large proportion of the medications that we are using today are natural compounds. Ah. And there is uh, really uh, many examples that I can give uh, now. Maybe just to mention uh, morphine, quinine. These are just uh, two more famous Example. So you're saying morphine and what's the other one? Kinin. Kinin. Yeah. So why don't you give us a list? Is is there a list of, of things that we may not be really thinking really come from nature? Give us a full list. What what list do you have? Uh, well, I just have some uh, interesting single examples for you, actually. Okay, let's hear uh, it. I can, I can mention uh, another one. Galantamine. It's a molecule uh, isolated from snowdrop. 
which uh, makes uh, excellent modern medication developed for the treatment of Alzheimer's disease. So it's interesting because you're saying the plant snowdrop has some substance in it that has maybe some anti-Alzheimer's disease fighting uh, uh, characters or properties. Absolutely, absolutely. This is uh, one of the modern medicines, actually, that is uh, used to treat Alzheimer's disease. And the name of the molecule is galantamine. Yeah, galantamine. Yeah, galantamine comes from the plant snowdrop, and it has anti-Alzheimer's function. What other substances that are naturally occurring that people may not necessarily associate with natural uh, sources? Well, I would like actually to give you just one more example, which is uh, very relevant and up-to-date, and this is artemisinin. Okay. It's a, it's a natural molecule that is uh, used for the treatment of malaria. Ah. It's, ori- it's originating from a traditional Chinese herbal drug. And what makes it uh, especially relevant is that uh, the Nobel Prize for Physiology or Medicine this year was given to to one of the scientists who contributed to the development of this pharmaceutical. That's correct. That's right. So so one of the Nobel Prizes was given to the scientist who actually helped uh, find this drug— that was found in an herbal, a Chinese herbal. Absolutely, absolutely, yes. Yeah, this is very interesting stuff. So, you know, I I think one of the points, Dr. Tanisov, that people um, uh, sometimes um, misunderstand is that, in fact, a lot of the, the medicines that we have, like pharmaceutical medicines, get their roots from natural substances. Plants. Foxglove, for example, is a plant that uh, is the source of digoxin, which is a very old medicine for for people with heart disease, particularly heart failure or different heart rhythm abnormalities. And and it's just been purified and put in a, in a way that we can actually measure it and see what its effects are. There are a lot of medicines out there with these same properties. Really large proportion actually of all medicines that are used uh, nowadays are natural molecules. A very large proportion. That's a really key point. A very large percentage of all the medicines that we use come from natural substances, and we work on them to purify them, to make them better for the body so that we can understand them and measure them. Uh, and then we can use them to fight diseases. I think that's a really key point for people because there's a lot of people that out of hand just say, no, 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 I don't want to take any medicine. I want to take natural things. Now, my point to a lot of people when I want to prescribe a medicine that's going to, in my mind, help them fight heart disease, which is what I do every day, is to tell them that there is really nothing unnatural, and I'm I'm hearkening back to physics and the law of the conservation of mass and matter. Right? You, we can't, you know, man can't make matter. You can't create something out of nothing. We can only change the form that it's in. And so everything that's here now was here in some way, shape, or form before. And when you put it in that sense, Dr. Atanasov, I think a lot of people say, ah, yes, you're right. And we start to look 
at medication and what it can do for us as a tool through a different lens? I think this is a really uh, powerful uh, message, uh, Dave. Yeah. It's really important the people to realize that actually uh, many of the modern drugs are also natural molecules. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about some of the neat stuff that's going on right in your lab there at the University of Vienna. Are, is there anything you can tell us? I know you're doing a lot of cutting-edge stuff, you, and you may not be able to divulge some of it, but what stuff can you tell us that you're finding in your own research lab? Uh, we got uh, recently some very interesting uh, results with uh, compounds uh, coming from dietary spices, actually. Wow, that's interesting. So dietary spices. This is this is good because we just interviewed a uh, nutritionist who's going to, we're going to air that episode after yours, who talked about some spices as well. Which spices are you interested in? We got some uh, quite interesting uh, results with uh, chili, with uh, black pepper, with uh, ginger. Oh, these are spices with which uh, recently we conduct uh, experiments and we see some very interesting bioeffects. So chili, black pepper, and ginger. Now this is very, very interesting. Tell us about black pepper because I think there is some, uh, some, there is a lot of general agreement that black pepper is good for you. Tell us about black pepper. The major bioactive compound from black pepper is uh, piperine. And we have seen actually uh, really interesting effects with these uh, natural molecules in several different cell, uh, cell models that we are having in the lab. And though these are models that have some relevance to cardiovascular disease. Okay. Tell us about what, what's actually happening to the cells when they get exposed to piperin. Uh, we find actually that uh, piperin is able to block the proliferation of uh, vascular smooth muscle cells, and this can be translated as uh, fighting the narrowing of the lumen of the blood vessels. Yeah, that takes place in atherosclerosis. Yeah, that is that is fascinating. So it's interesting that black pepper, which I don't think people really tune into as uh, as as disease fighting. Is, uh, is is causing some really important, um, has some really important properties against the number one killer across the globe, which is cardiovascular disease. That's interesting. Tell us about ginger. What's going on with ginger that's so good? Uh, we, we analyzed some uh, major bioactive compounds uh, from ginger, and uh, we found uh, one particular more molecule, shagaol, Shagaol that had uh, actually uh, identical action to black pepper. It was also able to counteract the proliferation of vascular smooth muscle cells. So this is this is really key. And 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 you know in the in the states, Doctor Tanasov, this is the time where there's a lot of ginger being used to cook things. You know, uh, in the Thanksgiving uh, time of year. Um, so it's it's kind of cool to know that that black pepper that you might put on, you know, your turkey is going to help you, you know, decrease the proliferation of smooth muscle cells or atherosclerosis. And that ginger itself, too, has a compound in it that can 
slow the progression or halt the progression of uh, of atherosclerosis of plaque in your artery. This is this is really good stuff. Um, let's take another short break, Doctor Atanasov, because I want to go into a little bit more of what you're doing into the in the lab when we return on the Health Mastery Cafe, sponsored by WebMD. Don't go away. We'll be right back. The information you seek, the inspiration you need. Practical, relevant, current. Tune in to the Health Mastery Cafe with Dr. Dave. Nothing like this has ever been done before. The Health Mastery Cafe, rebranding health. This episode of the Health Mastery Cafe is brought to you by WebMD. Find out more at webmd.com forward slash heart health. So welcome back to the Health Mastery Cafe. We've got a great conversation going with Dr. Atanas Atanasov, who is a Austrian researcher who really researches a number of things, but is talking to us today about inflammation and anti-inflammatory substances. And before the break, you told us that there are three elements that you're studying in particular, chili, black pepper, and ginger, that have properties that might help fight against heart disease. And I think that's fantastic. Are there any other uh, substances that we're finding in our foods or in spices or anything like that that you think have particular disease-fighting properties? Particularly interesting uh, natural uh compound found in food that I would like to mention is uh, curcumin from turmeric. This from... is a compound that is uh, contained in significant amount of uh, in curry powder. Uh, this compound is extremely interesting because in the, in the moment there is a lot of human clinical trials underway, which are uh, in the uh, context of cancer and inflammation in particular. And this molecule uh, is really something uh, to look on for future developments. Very interesting. So, 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 so special anti-cancer fighting properties in this this substance that's found in turmeric. And so, I I think that people are going to really enjoy that piece of information. Why don't we move to um, substances that you think can be pro-inflammatory, cause inflammation. Here I would like to mention alcohol, for example, as well as uh, foods that uh, promote body weight growth, yeah. obesity. Well, yeah, so, so let's talk about obesity in a second. Let's go back to alcohol because there are a number of the heart uh, uh, organizations, the European Heart Society, the American Heart Association, they all are saying that a little bit of alcohol or moderate amounts of, of alcohol, modest amounts, can actually be healthy. What do you say to that? I support that, yes. Probably it's really the amount that is making the drug and it's the amount that is making the poison. Ah, got it. Okay. So, uh, so you know, small amounts to modest amounts are probably helpful in many ways. And if you start to drink excessive amounts, then it becomes harmful. Why does it, why does it become harmful? What is it about excessive amounts of alcohol that makes it harmful? 
Alcohol is particularly damaging for the liver, actually. And the liver is a very important organ, playing a very important uh, detoxifying functions. And uh, if the liver gets bad, this is damaging the whole uh, health condition. Yeah. So in particular, high do- high amounts of alcohol affect the liver cell function and the liver which people may or may not know has so many different functions but like you said has a detoxifying uh function and if you lose your liver function then you don't have the detoxifying and toxins can build up in your blood is that what you're saying absolutely yes. yeah yeah Okay, so then you were going to move on to other things like things that promote obesity can also be pro-inflammatory. Let's talk about that. What is uh, really interesting, actually, is that uh, obesity as a whole is a condition that is associated with a pro-inflammatory state in the body. This is probably uh, something that many people don't realize. But uh, one can look on the obesity as a pro-inflammatory condition. Yeah, so you can feel fine walking around, doing what you're doing, but the obesity itself is a low-grade inflammatory state. And when you have a low-grade inflammatory state, then you have the problems that inflammation cause. So that's uh, that's really interesting. I want to um, move on to uh, one uh, thing that came up in the news fairly recently, um, and that was at the World Health Organization, the WHO announced that meat was a carcinogenic Dr. Atanasoff. Now, this this put this, this took a lot of people back because there are a lot of meat lovers all across the world. Um, what do you think of that announcement about meat being a carcinogenic? This announcement was not a big surprise to me. Oh, so, so you knew this. You, you weren't surprised. In the scientific world, you weren't surprised. Uh, this information was around for a very long time. Uh. But I would like uh, really uh, to make the point that uh, the announcement of World Health Organization is not uh, targeting uh, the meat as a whole, but uh, it uh, puts the accent particularly on processed meat. Ah, processed meat. Got it. Okay. Because I was about to say, it's interesting that lions in the wild eat meat all the time. That's what they eat. If they can get their hands on it, their paws on it, if you will, if they can get their paws on it, they eat meat, but we don't see lions dying of cancer. So you've hit the point. Processed meat. Processed meat, exactly. Meat that contains, for example, preservatives. It's very well known that some preservatives uh, have uh, cancer-promoting properties or also compounds that are uh, present in smoke. Smoked meat is especially bad. Yeah. Ah, interesting. Smoked meat is especially bad because of the the, uh, carcinogens in the smoke. What what does the smoke do to the meat to make it particularly carcinogenic? There is compounds that originate from the smoke, which are just uh, carcinogenic. Smoked meat is particularly bad, but other um, processed meats, where we use other chemicals to actually get meat to taste or look a certain way, 
That's the badness in uh, in the World Health Organization's announcement. Then, this is the especially bad meat. Yes, there is also some evidence also suggesting that uh, red meat can be a uh, procarcinogenic, but the evidence there is not conclusive. Ah, so red meat may be, but we don't have as strong a body of evidence as we do for processed meats being carcinogenic. Exactly. Yes. Uh, this is this has been fascinating. I tell you what, that alone is going to get lots of people looking for you on social media to have a further conversation with you, Doctor Tanasov. I really appreciate you coming on the Health Mastery Cafe. This episode sponsored by WebMD. Um, how can people get to you and talk to you more on social media? There is. Uh, three particular social media networks that I'm trying to regularly follow, and these are Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Dr. Tanazov, thank you again for all of your time from the United States all the way to Vienna, Austria. We thank you. Thanks a lot for inviting me, Dave. It was a great pleasure. This episode of the Health Mastery Cafe was brought to you by WebMD. Find out more at webmd.com forward slash heart health. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at The Good Dr. Dave and on Facebook at Dr. Dave or visit DaveMontgomeryMD.com. We'd love to hear from you. Health Mastery Cafe. Rethinking what's at stake. Rebranding health. The Health Mastery Cafe with Dr. Dave is a production of DMMD Studios.